Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarper. I am a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the tea, y'all. Tea Time with Dr. Tarper is a wellness podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So we are here again in Stay Safe September and this month's episodes are focusing on resilience, recovery, and preventative kind of measures that are going to help us in terms of protecting ourselves from things that we might be at risk for. So we have covered this month already, looking at um, sexual health um, and in terms of our identity and our, our wellness, body image. Today we're going to talk about body boundaries. And then in the upcoming weeks, we are going to be talking about recovery as well as creating safe and nurturing spaces for us. Uh, this topic today is always a timely topic. There are constant conversations about our bodies and our boundaries. We are still in the midst of dealing with uh, the R. Kelly trial uh, and addressing some of the issues that have come to light with some of his behaviors with um, underage women as well as young women in terms of their body boundaries and their safety. And also here we are on the heels of Texas uh, making le legislation that women cannot have abortions regardless of if they have been raped or any other uh, circumstances that women might deem that she would want to terminate her pregnancy. And then there's these ongoing conversations we have about rape culture, about um, just boundaries at work. We know that there is a lot of harassment and discrimination that can occur. We also know that um, we are constantly navigating our boundaries with our family members, with our friends, and our relationships. And so this is always just a timely topic. So let's just gonna get, go ahead and get into it. Stop telling me what to do with my body, creating healthy body boundaries. So, you know, frequently when I speak to people, and, and a lot of us have experienced some kind of trauma in our lives, and that might have been sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, psychological abuse, verbal abuse. It might have been a um, situation in which you were deprived of things growing up, whether that was love, of basic needs like food and shelter and clothing, um, whether you were in environments that weren't stable, uh, whether you were in environments in which you saw a lot of boundary violations and people not being treated with respect, if you have experienced a natural disaster, unfortunately, we are frequently in and out of seasons of hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and fires. And so often people may have had a negative situation or robbery um, in which they have experienced, or perhaps you have been um, a person that has gone to combat and you experienced some trauma related to that. But for people who have experienced trauma, one of the things that uh, ends up being a reoccurring kind of issue is just this issue of safety um, and this in this sense of powerless and fear with regard to your space and being able to navigate who comes into that space and how they come into that space and and frequently people will tell me when it comes to their body boundaries that they don't perceive that they actually have the capacity to set those boundaries or that those boundaries will be respected and they wish that they could have done something different. It is frequently a thought pattern that I did something to create a violation that happened to me with regard to my boundaries. If I had made a different decision, if I had acted in a different way, if I had chosen to go a different 
path that day, then I would not be struggling in this moment. And, and so in that respect, it is often difficult for people to feel like they can, in fact, create those healthy boundaries because, again, that sense of powerlessness creates these cognitive distortions in our mind, these stuck points, if you will, about what I really do have control over. It can be really hard to set boundaries, particularly bodies, uh, boundaries around our bodies. We are often um, taught to be polite. We will uh, allow things to happen and just kind of move on and not necessarily address them. Sometimes we don't deserve, we don't feel like we deserve to be able to have our body boundaries respected. Um, they've been violated so many times that we just have learned to freeze in that moment. Our body's response is to trauma, fight, flight or freeze, right? So often we will freeze or we'll try to shrink away, um, maybe try to be a little bit invisible because that may feel easier, safer to us even to, to do that instead of trying to articulate this body boundary. It can be hard to speak up um, about things that make us uncomfortable, especially if they have in the past been met with defensiveness or dismissal. And so frequently what people will say to me is, I tried. Right. And, and and it didn't work. And then and we often get into this place of right. we reinforce some of these negative beliefs that we have because I tried before and it didn't work. And so I don't think that it works. So I stopped trying. And so then people continue to violate my body boundaries. And that reinforces for me this distortion that my body is not going to be respected. We believe that people are more important than us and more valuable than us, and we do things to make them more comfortable um, and, and, and suffer, uh, I think, in silence sometimes with things that make us cringe and feel uncomfortable. Just because we don't want to draw attention to a situation, we feel like that might make it worse, um, right? We don't want to rock the boat. And, and, and definitely, I think for some people, there is this sense of if I just let it go, um, if I don't say anything, I, it won't prolong it. It'll be over faster. And these are all protective mechanisms. These are things that we learn to do uh, when we don't feel like we have a voice and when we're not in spaces where we felt safe enough. Often these things are learned early in our life. And so when you have less power early in your life, then you try to do things to mitigate the effects of pain, right? So what can I do to buffer it? Um, if I can't speak up, if I can't have a voice, if I may not even know how to have a voice, particularly when some of these traumas occurred in our early years, then I learn other ways to be able to try to protect myself, um, whether that is me uh, retreating um, from this experience or, or just being able to go along with it so you can move on faster, right? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, our boundaries are shaped by a lot of things. And you know, I'm always going to bring you back to the family, right? That, that is one of the things you're going to consistently get from me. But our families, what we saw in our families around boundaries growing up, how we saw people treated, how we saw other people's boundaries being respected or not. Um, our personalities, uh, whether we're more introverted, extroverted, somewhere in between, uh, whether we're more assertive, whether we're more passive. Um, those are things that, that affect us if we um, are the type of people that feel more comfortable expressing ourselves or where we're a little bit less comfortable expressing ourselves. Sometimes when we're a bit more meek and mild, we're less likely to speak up. And then also this family culture of, uh, you know, politeness and um, 
that you want to make other people feel comfortable. And so the message that I, that sends to us sometimes is that what we need and want and desire is not important. Um, geographical influences, uh, here in the South and the South is about, um, that, that chivalry, um, and that hospitality. And again, that can be interpreted as you essentially get to do what you want and I don't say anything about it cause that's not good manners. Media also has an influence on how we set our body boundaries. And I know that you all have seen, unfortunately, and these are things that contribute to rape culture, where people are attacked when they bring up things, when they talk about how their boundaries were violated, particularly if it's been some time since that happened. And so we get into this victim blaming. Then, well, why did you stay? Why were you there? What, um, why are you just now bringing it up? And right in this uh, feeling like people are jumping on the bandwagon. Um, and that we're out here um, just waiting to attack somebody's character, as opposed to seeing that somebody may have felt comfortable in a space to now open up and share something that was very difficult for them. And so these kind of things shape us. Our prior experiences with um, boundaries, how those were received, those shape us in terms of being able to establish our boundaries. So I want to talk about um, how your body will tell you that your boundaries are being violated because sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we are actually taught not to have body boundaries growing up. We, we are essentially taught that people can do, uh, particularly family members or um, people who have some kind of power uh, or people in positions of authority uh, are able to, to tell us what to do with our bodies. And so we don't know what's acceptable and not acceptable in terms of a body boundary. So, but your body will tell you. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about what your body will say to you so that you know when you have had a body violation. Um, when you feel uncomfortable in your body, it's going to show up in a lot of different ways. It may be knots in your stomach, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. You may feel real tense and tight. Your jaw may feel like it's clenching. Your fists may clench. You might have a racing heart. Um, that, that palpitation, your mind, your thoughts may be going really, really fast. And you may experience a range of emotions. It may be anger. It may be fear, maybe frustration, confusion. Um, you may be overwhelmed. You may feel disgusted. And so that is the importance of understanding what you're feeling too, because that can kind of help you recognize like, okay, something's not right here. Um, it, you may not feel like your thoughts and your body are in sync. So you may feel like you're screaming on the inside, but your body's not moving. And it, it, it feels like you're kind of watching yourself, that you're not in your body, you're outside of your body, um, watching this experience while it's happening, but it feels very numb and disconnecting to you in that, in that moment. Um, often people will describe it's, it's like they, they feel frozen. Um, but but they're able to see everything that's going on, but they don't feel like they're in real time interacting with it. Our bodies will um, often alert us to danger. And so that um, that feeling in your gut where you have that discomfort um, that uh, almost feels like a hollow feeling with an ache. It's just something in there or, or something maybe um, kind of tickling feels like in your stomach. Or, or in your chest that lets you know like something's just not right. And we often ignore that, but that is our body's way of alerting us that we're either not in a safe space or something is uncomfortable for us or that we should be concerned about that that is about to happen. 
So common examples of uh, boundary violations, because a lot of times people don't um, understand why something violates someone's boundaries because it would not violate theirs. And I want to be very clear with you that it's not what it's not about what violates your boundaries. It's about respecting the people around you in their space. We all have different body boundaries and different levels of comfort, but it's important that we check in with other people about what theirs are instead of making assumptions that theirs are the same as ours. So um, being cornered, you probably experienced this before where somebody uh, cornered you in an elevator or in a room or at a desk or at your car and like you can't really move and you feel trapped. Um, and it could be them cornering you uh, because they're saying something sexually inappropriate. It could be them cornering you, just getting in your face, posturing, um, trying to intimidate you. It could be them um, cornering you because they are uh, deep into a story that they want to tell you, not recognizing that this is absolutely uncomfortable for, for them to be that close to you. And we've had people stand really close to us in line. You might have been in the line at the grocery store um, when we were voting. Uh, you might have been in line um, waiting to get something from the pharmacy or at the ATM machine and, some, and somebody's just right. Like you can almost just feel their breath on your neck. That's how close they are to you. And here in this COVID environment, we have been attempting to put some some distance in place, but people are less and less honoring that distance. And so, you know how you, you turn around and, and and you give them the look and they, they clearly don't pick up on that. So you take a step to try to put some distance between you and them. And it's like they don't pick up on that either. So they keep taking a step forward. So that's an example of a body violation or somebody sitting really close to you. Um, you might be on a train uh, or a bus and you think to yourself, all of this space, but you're going to sit right on top of me over here. Why are you so close to me? So you end up moving out of the way um, or they spread their legs open real wide or, or their hands and people like to talk and put their hand on your leg or on your arm when they're talking to you or at your desk coming up talking to you right behind you over you while you're typing um, there those are those are things uh, that are common but also just the you know people will touch your face and your hair um, and your hand you, people will grope you um, you pass by people and they will uh, do everything in their power to make sure that their genitals touch you when you're passing by them. Um, but then there's other aspects of body boundaries. When we talk about intimacy with friendships and uh, with romantic relationships and people being in your space in ways that's not comfortable to you. Uh, so touching you without your permission or um, perhaps you uh, in, uh, engaging, consented to engage in an act of intimacy, but then something changes and it's uncomfortable for you and you say you want to stop or um, that that's not something that you really are comfortable with and a person continues to push and go on. Um, touching your personal items, um, stuff that you're wearing, touching your clothes or your, 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 your bags or your items at your desk, like those are examples of body boundary violations, forcing our kids to kiss and hug people. Oh, give auntie a kiss. Oh, go give uncle a hug. Go sit in his lap. Go tell him. Don't act like that. Right. These are body um, violations as well, because we're not asking for permission. We are simply telling someone what we want them to do or or even beyond that, doing something that we have not gotten permission from a person to do. And we, again, don't like to make people uncomfortable. We don't want to draw attention. So we won't say things. Sometimes we'll shift and move or um, squirm or do things to try to get out of that situation. Or we'll, we'll try to hide like, oh, maybe I can escape and get out of here uh, before they see me. 
But essentially what happens when we have our, our, our boundaries violated is the pain that it causes leads us to withdraw. And so in that withdrawing, then we are less likely to actually ask for what we need and set those boundaries. And so they continue to be violated because we haven't set them. And that confirms for us, again, that it doesn't matter whether we have a boundary or not, it's going to be violated. So, so that's the cycle we can get into when we don't create these healthy body boundaries. So what do we do? How do we manage this? Um, first, let me just be clear about a few things. You absolutely need body boundaries. They're healthy for you. They create safe spaces for you. They allow you to be able to get what you need and they allow you to feel comfortable and, and make sure that people are only doing things that feel respectful to you. You can have them. They can be respected. Um, you have the right to discuss violations of your boundaries and have people hear that and, and allow your concerns to be addressed. And you also, in this setting of boundaries, do increase the likelihood that they will be respected, but also it helps you learn how to have that voice and not be silent as your only mechanism for being able to manage creating safe spaces for you. So there's a variety of ways that we can manage those things. Um, it's important for us to assess the times that those boundaries have been violated by who, uh, how frequently, um, what, what other interactions mirrored those kind of experiences so that we can make a plan around, okay, what makes it hard for me to set boundaries with particular people or in particular situations and what can allow me to find some strength to be able to find my voice and more consistently set those, those boundaries. Be mindful of when you're not feeling safe. We talked about how your body will let you know when you're not safe. So pay attention to your body. That's really important because often your body is your first indicator that you're not in a safe space, that you're not feeling comfortable with something. And so if you listen to your body, you tune into your body, that will allow you to be able to intervene sooner. You can put distance between yourself and a person. There are a lot of ways to communicate when you are uncomfortable. You can put your hand up, you can back away, you can remove yourself. You can go to a person who's safe um, and get away from this person who makes you feel unsafe. You can fold your arms, you can flinch. Um, a lot of times people cringe and say, so that's often uh, a way that people know you're uncomfortable. You can look directly at a person like, hey, wait a minute. Or you can drop your head and just kind of like, okay, this is, all right. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, it's important for you to identify what your morals and your values are around your body boundaries so that you're clear about setting yours and not think about what's important to other people. Who are you as a person? What's important to you? What do you need in terms of your safety and your space? Because often what we'll do is we will get with other people and because their body boundaries are different, then we feel like, okay, well, maybe I'm tripping and mine are too strict, but do what's comfortable for you. So create that space for you first before you start talking to other people so that you're not going to end up being swayed into things that aren't comfortable for you. Um, we call this the Bill of Rights, but you have the right to all of these things. Saying no without feeling guilty, um, saying, um, hey, I have the right to be respected. You have the right to prioritize your needs just as much as you prioritize other people's. You have the right to accept that, yes, you are going to make some mistakes and to love yourself through them. You have a right to decline anybody's invitation to meet unrealistic expectations that they may have of you. They may want you to do things that you are not going to do. And you have the right, again, to refuse that. 
If you have problems with assertiveness and communication, then it's a good idea to work with your therapist on that. Um, if you have a pattern of your boundaries being violated consistently over and over again, therapy can be an opportunity to really teach you how to practice new skills and challenge some of those distortions that we talked about that may be interfering with your ability to set those body boundaries. And then as we are teaching others, as we're teaching our kids, as we're teaching people in spaces um, to respect boundaries, it is important that we pay attention to people. Are they, what are their bodies looking like? Are they moving away? Are they flinching? Are they tensing up? Did they drop their eye contact? Are they wringing their hands? It's always important that we ask permission first. You all know I'm an enthusiastic consent kind of person. And so making sure that all along this journey of us connecting, we are checking in and making sure that we're feeling good because people don't like for folks to just walk up and touch them or tickle them, or, right? So we need to understand that about the person that, we're interacting with. Check their rate of speech. Are they talking really fast? Are they talking with their hands? And all of a sudden they start slowing down. Now they're just nodding. They're not being really responsive. Um, nervous laughter, right? These are indications that people aren't okay and we want to make a, pay attention to them. Discussing those boundaries ahead of time makes it easier for us to be able to navigate situations and decreases the likelihood that we'll have some kind of incident in which we violate somebody's boundaries in, in, unintentionally, right? And we know that there are different types of relationships that we have in our lives. So talking to our children about the different types of people in their lives, your boundaries with your teachers, your parents, your siblings, your doctors. Right. So they can understand that I can have different kind of boundaries and we want to allow them to have the space to establish their own so they get to choose who they want to hug and kiss. They get to decide if somebody touching them is comfortable or not comfortable. And we want to empower them to be able to use their voices. We want to talk to them about personal space and privacy. Um, and we also want to teach them that they can say no to things that make them feel uncomfortable. Um, so we want to model for our kids, model for the people in our lives, consent and respect. These are important dynamics when we're talking about body boundaries. So you absolutely deserve to have your body boundaries respected, valued, and to feel safe and to have healthy engagements. Okay, be well.